I'm RJ Bell with the sports betting headlines on a big Super Friday. Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP. He was a big favorite, minus 500 once the season ended. But remember, Tom Brady for most of the year was the clear favorite. And then there was a surge. Rodgers took the lead in the odds and he took the MVP. The biggest bet in Super Bowl history in a regulated sports book. Mattress Mac at Houston bet $5 million on the Bengals to win outright at plus 170. $5 million at plus 170, the biggest bet ever. Even so, the Super Bowl odds right now, we've got the Rams favored by four. That's exactly where they, the odds began. Two weeks of betting, pretty much, and the odds are still minus four, the Rams. Here comes a four out of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Super Friday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. This is, I think it's fair to say, the culmination of six months of work is from even more. Back in April, you know, the March Madness ends. It's April. You wait until maybe tax day, and you're like, I got to get started in the NFL. Start reading the early annuals, and, and here we are what, nine, ten months later. And uh, this show, I will say, is probably had about mm, 2,000 hours of work added into it with the insights we're trying to give. Hopefully, they'll be profitable. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats a man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, RJ. Great to be here on a day where a record bet is made on the Super Bowl. The NFL announces their Hall of Fame class, and Aaron Rodgers takes home his fourth MVP trophy. What is the Vegas lead? Let's start with Aaron Rodgers. I find it to be fascinating, but go ahead, um, kind of set it up, and then then I'll give my take. Uh, he was a, a minus 500 favorite since the season ended, so and has been a minus money favorite since late December. Aaron Rodgers expected to be named the MVP, and he was. His four MVP awards sit only behind Peyton Manning with five. Okay, I think you're bearing the lead. That Tom Brady is not the MVP? No. Oh. Russell Wilson, once again, does not get <laughs> an MVP votes. vote. Yeah. So, only three players got MVP votes. Aaron Rodgers with 39, Tom Brady with 10, Cooper Cup, as some call him, one, one vote. Okay. That's Is there someone not on the list that you would have expected to see? Well, I think Colin made the point right here on Fox Sports Radio that uh, the idea of Joe Burrow getting none is interesting because I mean I get it to some degree this was a 10 and 7 team though 10 and 6 when they played their starters and played Burrow okay and then also you could make the case that hey well not make the case it's 
objectively true, this is a regular season award. So none of the voters contemplated, or I think the voting happened before it even happened, any of the postseason. So as much as it's Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow, it wasn't that at the end of the year. This is one of the flaws, or the flaw to me in the MVP voting, the flaw. They only you can only vote for there's only a first place vote, right? And to me, maybe that gets you to, but like Aaron Rodgers won by such an amount, you know, thirty nine to ten. It, none of that this matters. But in a closer contest, it's going to be a situation where, hey, about half the people voted for one guy, half voted for the other, but now they have a second, and third place. Did anyone not have that other guy second? Did anyone have him there? That kind of stuff, I think, is interesting. Plus, you would get what? If there was a top three, there'd probably be seven or eight other people getting votes. Yep. Like you, the Heisman. You could get a sense of, uh, like, if you just said, this was the story of the season 50 years from now. I won't be around. You won't probably be around. I won't be around. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I but, lived hard in my young days. But, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, this doesn't tell us much about about this season. I think you make a good point, and it doesn't tell you that there was a good chunk of the season where people were saying Jonathan Taylor should be considered for the MVP, and he was a favorite at one point, well, or close a to fa- a favorite, yeah, one, no, one of the top was, three was, favorites at one point of the yeah, season. Yeah, but it was like 16 to 1. I think it was up to 7 to 1 at one point. You know, I, th- I actually, I think you're right. So, it did dip up there. That's probably when you bought it, right? I didn't buy uh, it, but okay. it, but the fact that he's his name doesn't even make the list, it, it doesn't tell the whole story of what this NFL season yeah, was. Yeah, and, and so to me, you would in the close competitions of the MVP, you would have, I think, a more accurate winner if you had people voting one, two, and three, and you'd have a better story about the season as a whole. Any other? Who would you have voted for? I would have voted for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I think, and honestly, I think the best data point to support Aaron Rodgers was the game he didn't play when Jordan Love was out there and the Green Bay Packers looked like the worst offense in the league. Yeah, but does that say something about Aaron Rodgers, or does that say something about Jordan Love? I think it probably says something about both. Because I don't think it's possible to think Green Bay has a bad supporting cast on offense. So, because if so, it would be like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is able to lift up these schmoes. But that's not, it seems to me, what Green Bay has on offense is schmoes. It feels like Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks, no doubt. And I think it's important to to say this explicitly, and then we're going to move on. And literally in just a minute or two, I'm going to explain why I believe both quarterbacks in this game, this could be career-defining. And you might think, well, that makes sense with Stafford, but why with Burrow? Well, this stat's going to blow you away. But before last year, if you would have looked at Aaron Rodgers over the last five years, So it would have been, this is the 21 season, 20, he won the MVP from 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, let's say. Those years, which is a long time, Aaron Rodgers statistically would have been maybe the 9th, 10th, or 11th best quarterback during that time. He was certainly not in the top five. And you're actually the one who opened my eyes to that. Like when I was talking about him coming into this season as an elite quarterback, you said, well, he had an elite season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said he had an elite season last year, but look at the priors to that. He was not elite. And I think you made a a really valid case that he just, he was. I mean, if you just look at QBR, whatever you want. He was a good, not great quarterback for about five years. But now let's. 
let's not forget, and, and not that you said otherwise, but before that, he was as good as any quarterback's yes. ever been statistically. So he was averaging like eight and a half yards per attempt over extended period, like over like multiple years. You don't see that. So he was elite, lulled into really good, uh-huh. and then back to elite the last two years. And and I think that you got to give LaFleur credit. I, absolutely. I mean, that offense from the Shanahan scheme, you got to give LaFleur credit on that. And to me, that's important to realize. Now, in, in theory, it felt like in his speech, he was on the way out the door. Almost like you asked about Jordan Love. Is that a positive for Matt LaFleur, a negative for Mike McCarthy? Uh, you mean with Aaron Rodgers? With Aaron Rodgers' well, lull. I mean, that's an interesting... Listen, I think Mike McCarthy hate is is uh, way overblown. It's too easy. Uh, well, I think Low it's, hanging I, fruit. I, I think it's that, but I also think it's it's probably not correct that I that he. What do you think? Is he the? Is he one of the top forty potential head coaches in the NFL? Yeah. Okay. So if a guy's the 40th best thing in the world at something, okay. he's probably. You know, what I'm saying is, we got a lot of people, you know, working in in, in uh, unskilled labor, laughing at him, and maybe that's part of the game, right? You get to, he gets millions, people get to laugh at him, but to me, it's like I'm not. It gets too easy. Listen, Andy Reid was made fun of for a long time. You're right. You know, and all of a sudden now he's one of the greatest coaches of all time. Which one is it? But they still said, uh, but he's still a donkey uh, in late game situations. It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm RJ <laughs> We are straight out of Vegas. Let's shift gears, and I'm going to make the case that this is a career defining game, certainly for Stafford, and most. Or the odds say very likely for Burrow, and the Burrow is almost incomprehensible. But Stafford, he's your guy. Do you see this as a career definer? Because what it was posed to with Feds and I on the podcast, we said we think the odds of him making another Super Bowl after this, regardless of what happens, less than fifty percent. Now you were thinking maybe it's more than fifty, but but then I think back, it's fifty fifty at best. Well, you yeah, you backed away from the bat, so you didn't think that. Yeah. And let's say forty nine, whatever. So he's an underdog to make another Super Bowl. So if he wins this one, I think he's a sure Hall of Famer. I mean, pretty much sure, unless he gets hurt. Hurt. If he loses this one. I think he still makes it because there's going to be so many stats he compiles. But but I think he will not even be discussed in even the second tier of quarterbacks. Do you agree with that? I agree with it 100. percent And a guy who spent the first you know 95 percent of his career with a reputation as a loser, if he were to lose in his biggest game ever, he doesn't shake that. If he wins that game, no one can call him a loser because he won a Super Bowl. I agree with that. Now you know what's funny? I won to still call him a loser. Well, first of all, I didn't call him a loser, and I don't think most people called him a loser. Loser. They said he wasn't a winner, right? In okay, a way, it's, and there's a distinction. And, and I do think that what we saw from Burrow is the manifestation of that distinction. That uh, Cincinnati is as bad as any franchise. You could say, well, they made some playoffs under Marvin Lewis. Yeah, but if you look at their budget for scouting, it's maybe worse than Detroit in some ways. And Stafford was. Did I hear today? I, I didn't look at 13 years he was in Detroit. Yep. So 13 years he can't get one playoff victory, 
And Joe Burrow comes in as a single force of nature and changes the culture to the point of not only being competitive culturally, but if anything, that's what they're winning with is culture, right? Because they're not winning at the offensive line. They're not winning. No. So maybe Burrow. So one of two things is the case. Stafford is, we'll say, winning challenged in his career, or Burrow is like a Hall of Fame level. Culture guy, once a generation, once a generation, maybe. But I would make the case Brady didn't. When's the last time a quarterback made this? This is like when you're a kid and you're eight years old. You think if only my team had pick your quarterback, and you realize once you grow up a little bit, you can put a you know think of all the you know really good quarterbacks, not great ones, on really losing teams, right? I mean, now once you get up to the super elite. You don't see that, right? Drew Brees once had or twice had seven wins. Brady never had, you know, but he was on good teams in theory. But Peyton Manning had a lot of coach teams that weren't very good. And they would win 10, 11. Aaron Rodgers, when he was healthy, almost every year you're winning, right? So Big Ben. Cam Newton for years kept the Panthers in relevance. Yeah, but they weren't always 500. No, no. But, 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 you know, but in general, you're making a good point. I think you're contributing the point, which is, as a super elite quarterback, you win. But I'm saying, when do you see a second-year guy coming? I mean, listen, Trevor Lawrence, for all the excuses, he had a full season. Burrow had half a season because he got hurt. Could you imagine Trevor Lawrence? Cut? No, Jacksonville had a higher or the equal win total to Cincinnati this year. It was right in line. Remember, we bet under six and a half yeah. for Jacksonville. If, Bur- if if Trevor Lawrence somehow the savior ah came in and literally got them to the Super Bowl, what would, it would be like people wouldn't know what to do. The Trevor Lawrence fans would be like jumping off bridges. Yeah, like so excited. I'm betting it's not going to happen. I'm betting you're right. And I'm saying, what's the example of this? What is the the what is the comp to to, to what he's doing? And ponder that when I give this amazing stat that means as great as Burrow might be. Check this out: the last 15 quarterbacks to lose their first Super Bowl in which they quarterbacked have never even returned to the Super Bowl. The last quarterback that lost the first time, took an L the first time, and then got back to the game, Jim Kelly. Oh, by the way, he didn't win. Nope. When's the last guy to win or, or lose the first one and never win one? I'm on it. That's interesting. But think about this. 15 times someone said, yep, I'm here. I'm young. I'm damn. Oh, I'll damn, get another shot. Dan Marino's like that. Oh, they lost. Learning curve. He's going to, next time he's, well, there maybe won't be a next time because it's been 25 plus years. I bet it's John Elway is the last one that actually came back and won one. That's a good point. Yeah, because he lost three, then he won one. Yeah, that'd be a good point. That's, there we go, AJ. Okay, now, did you... So, I, I listen, Burrow feels like he could transcend this. This feels like a quirky stat. I, what would quickly be the rationale for this stat? Uh, I don't know. I don't either. I don't have a good feel for well, it. Well, Jared Goff didn't make his Super Bowl for obvious reasons. He wasn't good enough for yeah, the Rams. Yeah, he's making a good point. If you get there and don't win... Sometimes it's going to be you that's identified as a problem, and you get traded away from a good team. Or maybe it's that if you're really a kind of guy that's supposed to win a Super Bowl, you win the first one because you don't. Tom Brady could have easily lost, but he had that little something special in that first Super Bowl. He wouldn't lose. 
Maybe Burrow won't lose. The guys I think about when you were t- talking about a comp for someone who did what Burrow did, the only guys I can think of, and you, you're close to one, Ben, ben Roethlisberger felt like, the, and the Steelers were good though. They weren't oh, like yeah. uh, they actually, weren't like the Bengals. Yeah, if you actually look, at, uh, Ben was a below average. Qu- the year they went 15 and one. Uh, ben was a below-average quarterback, which that was his rookie year. And then the second year, they, they won the Super Bowl. Uh, Super Bowl 40 would have been the second year. Guy. And then the other guy was Russell Wilson, who changed the franchise, but also had a pretty good surrounding cast. This is the first yeah. time I can he think of a guy. He had the Legion of Boom behind That's him. what I'm saying. I can't, I, can't, uh, I can't picture a guy who walked into such a dire situation yeah. and turned it around so quickly. I agree. So, maybe this isn't justifiably the case because maybe this stat's not applicable, but sometimes numbers, they don't lie. At least that this has been the case. It's been over a quarter century since a quarterback lost the Super Bowl and even made it, or lost their first one and even made it back. You know what else strikes me? What would be the record of all Super Bowl winners in the Super Bowl? Meaning, you know, Brady, like Bradshaw's 4-0, Montana 3-0. Like, usually if you win them, you win them. You keep winning them. Yeah, now Brady, what, was Five and two, right? Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So, well, I guess Brady had seven, right? Seven and three. Seven and three. Jeez, that's crazy even thinking about. That's absurd. So, yeah, what was I thinking? Five and two. That's when he was like 30. But, yeah. But what <laughs> I'm saying is, it's like, I bet the winning, I bet the, we'll check that too. So, we'll take our first break. When we come back, we're going to tell you the three or four biggest factors in this game that aren't being discussed enough. And remember, before the end of the show, my prop best bet of the whole Super Bowl, and AJ's going to have a best bet, too. That's coming up next, but first, he's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to take a look at the Super Bowl quarterbacks who lost and never made it back. Yeah, this is amazing. Is is Burrow, if he loses, what company does that put him in? It's not good. Well, the company's fine, but the amount of winning isn't very fine. Speaking of winning, this is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of your support, and we'll keep supporting you with the best show we can deliver. You can listen to us on the podcast. It's a good time on the weekend. Catch up if you missed anything. Remember, I had a prop best bet on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I'm going to have one on Friday, too, today. You can catch up with all of it. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas, on the Strip, it's springtime, 79 degrees, the neon is flowing. Okay, so let's talk quarterbacks again here. So, uh, Mackenzie, what am I seeing here? I'm seeing 20 and 12. What's this number exactly? The record of Super Bowl winning quarterbacks after they've won the Super Bowl. Okay. So, once you start off with a win, or once you have a win on your record, this is what you do going back. Okay, so we're comparing this to the ones that start with a loss. Right. Okay, so... If you start with a win in the future games, it's so funny that Brady's got a six in the wins. You know, we're not counting the first win, then there's only <laughs> six more. Quarterbacks are 20 and 12, 20 and 12 after winning their first Super Bowl. That's mighty good. And they played each other in some of these games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But 
Oh, yeah, Eli and Tom Brady, for example. Now, um, here's something that's interesting. If we add up, there's uh, the people that make this list, so it's not Namath because he was here. Oh, so you're saying for the person that wins their first Super Bowl, everyone made another Super Bowl except Joe Namath? No. Oh, then why is Joe Namath listed here, but other people aren't that have a zero and zero? Took out everybody but Joe Namath. What is that just respect for Joe Namath? Broadway Joe, baby. I mean, I guess. That's, guarantee. Pretty, that's pretty strong. Okay, so we've got real quick though. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So thirty-five and twelve is the record overall of the quarterbacks that win their first Super Bowl. Now, remember, the first win is in that number. But 35-12, and 12, wow. Now, we're going to look at the flip side. Yeah, I, I found that McKenzie helped me find the list of quarterbacks who lost their first Super Bowl and then went back. The list is short. Three guys. Bob Greasy went back and won twice, obviously, after his first loss. Well, I don't know about obviously. Okay. People know 72. I, I th- people know that Bob Greasy won multiple Super Bowls, right? Uh, no. no. Okay. People do know I'm John not Elway. Sure I knew that. <laughs> people know John Elway won multiple multiple Super Bowls after starting 0 3. Okay. And then Jim Kelly, who obviously went 0 4. So that's the only quarterbacks so, who so lost I, their first. Add up, add up their record. Their overall record? Yeah, those it, three. Okay. Just it's, add it up. You don't have to do it right now, just real quick, and then we'll have the nut. Or you got it right in front? It is. Well, I didn't want you trying to do math in your head as well. So, so look, like lean down. It's like I'm trying to teach him radio. It's like do it, and then I'll throw it to you. You got it. Four and eight. All right. So four and eight, and that's going to have the original three losses in there. Sure. So if you take those out, four and eight, it's going to be four and five. So what we're saying is, if you lose the first one, and we don't even count you there, and you meaning we throw that loss out, and you get back, which is rare. Only three people have done it. You're four and five in the following games. If you win your super first Super Bowl and you get back and you don't count the first one, you're twenty and twelve. It seems like winning that first one tells you something about that player. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. And I you, haven't really heard that discussed. I haven't either. And to your point, it makes the the future of whichever one of these guys wins and loses look a lot different. I agree. We are straight out of Ace. I'm R.J. Bell. Okay, let's talk about what I think is a key fact. Well, let's start with you. You've been preaching about the defensive win rate of the rush of the Rams. We got a bad offensive line for Cincy. We got the number one win rate, which is a stat ESPN does, right? And my thought was, and you had the data, AJ, how has the Bengals in the last two years, when Joe Burrow's been quarterback, because remember, sacks are a quarterback stat. PFF has been at the forefront of that. Give him credit. Is holding that ball, deciding to throw it or not to throw it, has more to do with sacks than anything. Now, I'm not saying Burrow's uh, a horrible quarterback because he takes a lot of sacks, because sometimes it's worth taking the sacks if you don't fumble. It's better than if you throw an interception. It's better than if you throw too quick. Big Ben didn't take a lot of sacks this year, but he threw the ball so quick they couldn't get any offense going. Burrow's been able to wait long enough to get some offense going and still not turn the ball over a bunch. But how have how has Burrow done against, let's say, top five pass rushes by win rate the last 
his his entire career. He's played four of those games against teams in the top five of pass rush win rate. In those four games, he is 0-4. He's taken an average of four and a half sacks. He's taken an average... Four and a half per game. Four and a half per game. Oh. Ten quarterback hits per game. He's he's in, He's been intercepted twice, and he's fumbled three times in those so games. Five turnovers in four games, 0-4. QBRs of 21, 55, 38, and 28. <sighs> That's below average. Yes. Okay. Now, how many, how many of those games was this year? How many was last? Two and two. Okay. So even when he in this year, the two uh, the two teams were he, the Cleveland Browns and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh. Okay. If only the four. But there were some good pass rush in that NFC Finals or Championship <laughs> game, I guess. Okay. So your takeaway there is, yeah, we can say bad offensive line, good rush, but now we see it four times. And remember, Rams are number one, so in theory... And you were saying Rams they're are number, number one, one in the last two years. Yeah, even last year they would have been number one. So this is the best pass rush of any team in the last two years. And when the Bengals have played a, a top five team from either of the years, which is ten teams combined, in theory, uh, out of 64. So ten divided by 64 is what like we split and say that, that good rush, he got crushed. Now it's even a better one. That's discouraging. We're gonna do a force pick at the end of the show too. <laughs> I'm almost. I I rarely will move flip. I'm maybe moving towards the Rams. Stay tuned though. Stay tuned. Okay. To me, I think the thing that's making me like the Rams more, and to be candid, it's it's under discussed. Is this team that's gonna go on the field Sunday? is a different team than that played most of the year. And it's a better team. OB, now, listen, Woods, OBJ, I mean, I think Woods is probably better the receiver for the Rams. So, OBJ, I, I mean, that's a trade-off. I think that the Rams got very fortunate that it wasn't a big downgrade. But, okay. But you look at, like, a Vaughn Miller, right? You look at uh, Weddle, right? Is that the safety's yep. name? I mean, I'm hearing people talking about how like he is playing outstanding. He's not just playing replacement level. He was on the couch for two years, and he's communicating. He's doing a lot of important. He played every snap of that 49ers game. Can you believe that? That's wild. And uh, to me, the Rams feel like that whatever team you had this year, that this is the best version of that team. And. I'm, we always like to split things up and say, like, look at Tampa. I think Tampa was playing as good as anyone for a lot of the year. But at the end of the year... They weren't the same team. They weren't. The, I mean, injuries, but whatever, right? And then last year, Tampa wasn't even all that good till the bye. And then they were a different team. And it does feel like the Rams are... And, and again, Vaughn Miller is probably the key to that. Seven sacks in his last seven games. Uh, if you have Donald... And you have an, another elite pass rusher. That's different, and that trade seemed goofy at the time. You know, to a second and a third. But you know, when Von Miller's contract ends at the end of this season. But man, that bet was a, a good one in hindsight. And I would make the case that this Rams team is better, and they're, they're maturing as they go. And you might say, yeah, but they had Von Miller, they had OBJ. But don't forget, even if you say Woods and OBJ are comparable, 
the first two, three, four, five games with OBJ, he wasn't really used to the offense. And Stafford wasn't really used to him. So wherever OBJ is now in this offense, it's higher. And then to whatever degree Akers matters, he wasn't there for what most... Did he get hurt in the regular? He got hurt the first game of the year. Yeah. So whatever he's worth, it's like this Rams team is the best version we've seen. And you can say the same thing about Cincinnati, but... What was Cincinnati's expectations? And that's what we'll talk about next, is where does Cincinnati rank in the long shots to even make the Super Bowl this century? Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. We talked about Cam Akers and Akers and the idea that, hey, he's back OBJ's there, Von Miller's there. This is a better team. Well, there's been optimism on Cam Anchors. Why am I saying Anchors? Anchors rushing prop. Uh, it was 58 and a half yards over under rushing. AJ, you said early on under. I don't like it. It's been steamed up <laughs> 65 and a half, so up seven yards. What are you feeling? I mean, I didn't bet it at 58 and a half. I, I'm, well, you gave it out, but didn't bet I it? I didn't give it out, no. I certainly, I, it was one of the ones I was considering. Fez talked me off of it, said a lot of a lot of sharp money going the other way. I just don't see but it, though. The guy hasn't made, done I it yet. I thought you made your living bucking sharp money. Well, I, <laughs> They're not always right, the guys that live in the mansions. They're, they're not always, but often. <laughs> All right, I'm R.J. Bell. Okay, check this out. We're going to go back to this century. That's a pretty good kind of time frame. The century. The Bengals in the offseason, preseason, if you bet them to win the Super Bowl, 160 to 1. The next biggest long shot of every team that made the Super Bowl, the Falcons were 80 to 1 in 2016. And then they were they were actually eight, uh, 98% at a certain point in that game. But they lost. Boy, that'd be a tough ticket not to cash. Whew. Patriots, when they won in 2001, 60-1. Panthers in 2015, 60-1. Seattle in 2005, oh, they lost to the Steelers. They were 40-1. Very well-officiated game. All right, so... <laughs> What I find interesting here is on this list, Falcons lost, Patriots won, Panthers lost, Seahawks lost. It seems like if you're a big, big long shot, you have trouble. But remember, the Bengals are at 160, double the payoff of any other team this century that's made the Super Bowl. But oh, by the way, in 1999, yes, Prince, the Rams, who won... 150 to 1. And that's when the books got mad. You know, they, it was even bigger than that. There were 300 to 1s on them, I can Oof. remember. I mean, we try to take a nice consensus when Poor we. Poor cockroaches. But, but, think, <laughs> but think about that. They literally will, like you see now, like the worst team in the league, they'll, they'll put them at like 190. The Jags. Yeah. Well, whoever, the worst team, they won't go like over 200 because they got burned so bad by the, the guy that bagged groceries right before. That was a good story. You, and here's the amazing part of that story. And am I remembering this right? Kurt Warner was the backup, 
And then, and then Vermeil was the coach. Was it Trent Green? I think Trent I believe. Green is who I was trying to get. Saying. He was considered like, like you know, Warner was no one. Yeah. And Green went down like the second game of the year, and Vermeil's crying. He's like, "We thought we had something here." I'm. Just, I wonder what the odds were after that game. Oh. That's something to do in, in June. We'll discuss. When <laughs> Write we come, it down. When we come back, a force pick from AJ, which is going to be easy. A force pick for me, it won't be. My best bet that will likely win. And you know what? AJ's too will likely win. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the game that people are going to talk about for years to come. You've been very generous with your best bets this week. One a day you've been giving out. I'm not giving one today. You can't do that. Call 800 pregame <laughs> if we get a donation. No. Okay. I'm going to you know, you'll start. I'll start. And listen, we don't judge here, but we do. Best bet. My best bet, Evan McPherson of the Cincinnati Bengals, over one and a half field goals. The most talked about kicker in a Super Bowl in how long? Ever? Probably since Justin Tucker. Eh, but they weren't talking about Tucker. Tucker didn't have Maybe a since name. Vinatieri. Yeah, yeah, but mm-mm. I'm saying the sir, Vinatieri, they were talking about him after the game, not before the game. That's true. Right? And Tucker wasn't the name he, remember, how long ago was that Baltimore Super Bowl? 2000? Yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, it was, was it 12? Something like that. So, yeah, I don't think Tucker, he had just been drafted. I mean, like to me, this is the most talked about kicker. So, let's think. What is the average batter going to say? I bet he kicks a lot of field goals. You better make the case here. I'll make the case. He's kicked two or more in nine out of ten games. And here's the deal. He's a rookie kicker. So, at the beginning of the season, he's kicked 40 field goals this season in 19 games. Ten came in the first nine weeks. All right. So, 40 field goals. Ten in the first. So, he's about one a game. Yep. Since then, 30. From week 10 on, 30 field goals. So How many obvi- games is that? that is, games? That's 10 games. So that's three a game. Three a game. What's the over-under here? One and a half. And what's the juice? Minus 120. You know something? I got to admit, I like this. I mean, it feels so freaking <laughs> obvious. But you know what? Obvious wins sometimes, Sometimes I guess. it does. Huh. So, I like the analysis here. It's not just, hey, this guy's got a lot of field goals. It's that it was a rookie. It's a coach that, you know, got comfortable with him as time passed. Remember, Trust him. He, he was drafted, but oftentimes these drafted kickers do poorly. So, he did well, and as time has passed, and then obviously in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, he's like acting like he's like Larry Bird in the three yep. point contest. He Before he kicks, he's like acting like he did it already. <laughs> you know, that reminds me of a great story. I can't tell the whole, but Schwarzenegger was in Pumping Iron, and he was uh, talking about He goes, Yeah, it was before the Mr. Olympia. He goes, I called my mom last night and told her I won. He said, It was before the event even happened. <laughs> I mean, is this dudes like that. All right, I dig it. Over one and a half, minus 120. Money's 
field goals. That's right. All right. Now, my I'm going to give you a prop I gave earlier in the week and then a sister prop to it. So, the handicaps the same in both, but these are this is my favorite bet. This is the best way if you like the Rams to bet the Rams. Okay. What we said earlier in the week was if you look at the yardage, the Rams are more efficient. They overperform in yards than points. 4.7 yards equals a point of net advantage, meaning if you outgain your opponent by 4.7 yards, you're usually going to win by one point. Now, that's not exactly right, but over time, that's the number. If you look at the Rams, they won by six points per game this year on average. But if you look at their yards, it converts to nine points per game. So they're 50% better in yards. Now, if you look at the money line on the game, just who's going to win, and I haven't looked in the last hour or two, it was minus 195, minus 200. Is that where we're at That's now? That's it, yeah. Okay. You can bet most yards Rams at minus 150. So, wait a minute. Rams are better with yards than points. They're the better stat team. They're the better stat team. But for them to win that one, it's minus 150. 150 wins you 100. To win the game, it's 200 wins you 100. I mean, this is a slam dunk. Now, not not that it's a sure win. It's a sure good bet. Now, here's the flip side. You can do the same kind of thing in first downs. Who has the most first downs, not yards? And if you look at it, the Rams overperform in first downs. But even more importantly, the Bengals underperform in first downs. And it's pretty much the same bet. Here you got to go minus one and a half first downs, minus 110. But that's it. So instead of the Rams, who I am going to lean that way on my side, my force pick, I'm leaning. I like the under a good bit, under 48 and a half. But if, instead of betting the Rams, I think bet them on yards over at minus 150 or first downs Rams minus one and a half first downs at you know minus 110. I think both of those are better than the Rams. What do you think of that? I love both those picks. When you and Fez explain them on the podcast, it just seems like it's just too good of a value to pass up. And I would bet half, you know, whatever you want to bet on the Rams, Split bet it. half on one, half on the other. What's your force pick? My force pick will be the Rams minus four. All right, and how about the total? I lean the the under is probably my if I had to decide or total, my favorite one would be the under 48 and a half. Okay, guys. Now remember, is in-game batting. There's no. What I would say is this: is obviously the Rams start fast. That's the reason that they're minus three in the first half and only minus four for the game. Burrows come back a lot, but be careful with thinking that's a short thing because one pick six in those comebacks and they lose that game by 28. So I think in general, be safe in game and enjoy the game. If you missed any of today's show, including a. Well, I, I think it's fair to say uh, we skewered uh, the MVP voting. Yeah, and also explain what happens when you lose your first Super Bowl. You Ooh, usually don't come good. back. That was good. We're going to be back on Monday talking Super Bowl, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas back on Monday right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Vegas!